Welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. My name is Sam. Thank you for listening and joining us today. And today I am joined with a number of talented writers that we have at Game Raven. And let's go ahead and start off with Nuke. How are you doing today? Hey, how's it going, Sam? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to have you here, Nuke. And also, as we also had last week, we have Taz. Yo. And also Puppet. Hey. And we always kind of start off with what we were playing for the week. Again, for me this past week, I was mostly just sleeping again. I'm trying to get rest in because of the busy week and the holiday that we had here in the U.S. So I took a few days off, so I wasn't really playing anything. But let's start off with Nuke. What were you playing for the last week? Oh, man, for last week? Uh, maybe it's for the past month. Um, I've been binging through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Because nice. well, it came out, runs fantastic in 4K. So, and I'm going through and yeah, going through my same. Unfortunately, I tried to make the same decisions, but I always end up like romancing the Asari in the end. So it's like, well, okay, whatever. I know what floats my boat. So going with that. <laughs> um, and then going off of um, the new updates for Halo Infinite came out a couple weeks ago. So I've been kind of diving back into the world of Halo after it literally kind of sitting on a shelf since Halo 5 Guardians was garbage. Um, and yeah, doing that. And when my kids aren't around playing Doom Eternal. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Very nice. What about you, Taz? Uh, I've been hopping on that Sea of Thieves hype, you know, big, big Pirates of the Caribbean update. I hadn't played the game since like the first couple months it came out and it was very boring very kind of you could do three things and that was it the concept was good but i'm just like i it's just i couldn't get into it and then uh i heard that everyone's playing it again there's a lot more content a lot more things to do a lot more incentives to just kind of do whatever um and so i've been playing with some of my friends and stuff uh we even like met some dude who's a bartender um he was also a Twitch streamer. I actually even watched his stream today and he was also playing Sea of Thieves. So I'm going to try to like play Sea of Thieves with him as well as like anybody else who wants to put a, put a crew together. So I'm expanding my my crew, if you will. But yeah, it's been great. Oh, and Puppet. Well, I am still playing Cozy Grove. Um, it's by Spry Fox. And, you know, it's just a cute little uh, indie life sim of this um, spirit scout who's on um, a haunted island. So that's been really fun. I'm also still playing uh, Animal Crossing, of course. Um, and Sam, I, I completely understand where you're at because I had to work a lot this week. And there were times when I got home and I was just like, Oh man, I'm too tired to play video games. This is the worst. I hate it. Ugh, so I haven't gotten a whole lot in, but I did start uh, a cool game today. Um, so Ori and the Will of the Wisps came to um, Nintendo Switch. It was released in September of 2020. And um, I downloaded it um, this last week and then realized that it is a sequel to Ori in the Blind Forest. So um, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back and play Ori in the Blind Forest. So I started that today and um, it is by Moon Studios. And what I thought was really cool about Moon Studios is that um, it was started by two guys and um, it basically they put together a team of like 10 people and they made this game and they didn't have like a physical office. It was like 
they created this game without even meeting each other. Like the first time they met each other was when um, the game was announced at E3. Um, I just thought it was really cool because uh, here at Game Raven, a lot of us, like, we've never met each other in person and, like, we, like, all work um, remotely. And so to have a team that is, you know, working remotely, I, oh, they started in 2010. So all the way, that was like 11 years ago. And to have them just like work remotely and be able to produce this beautiful, gorgeous game um, is just really cool. So um, anyway, yes, I am starting that. Um, I think my favorite part so far, I've only played like an hour um, but the main little creature, Ori, he Naruto runs, and it just makes me really happy. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm playing. Ori the Blind Forest and just the Ori franchise as a whole, it's just, it's just a beautiful game. Like, it's something that you can just look screenshots of and just see, again, a small team who just have passion on wanting to play, you know, to make this game, and you see it, and it's like this, how many people make this? Two? That's amazing to me. It, it was actually 10 total and they did have like subcontractors, but still it was like two people who really headed it up. Um, and still that's like, that's not a lot of people at all. And no, it's quite amazing. And also I have to say um, uh, the music is just gorgeous. And as a vocalist, um, because I, you know, my degree in college is in vocal performance. Um, I love hearing vocalists on, um, on games like in games and in music um and they there's like there are these wonderful mezzos and sopranos lines that are just gorgeous in this soundtrack i'm so happy so i'm very excited to continue my journey in this like gorgeous game the gameplay is ridiculously smooth too mm-hmm. yeah that's one thing that always brought me back to ori just playing it if i want to play a game and not be well I mean, I can be frustrated because I suck at platformers like that, but the just the way that Ori moves about the environment and the way that the interactions are with, well, the graphics and you know the artistic direction is fantastic. But it's just one great cohesive, like picture that it gives you, and it's just the experience of it alone. Yeah, Ori is probably in my top ten games of all time for sure, just because of that. Yeah. Yay. Well. I'm very excited that I stumbled upon it. <laughs> Even though I know a lot of people know know this game. Um I think I've said this before like it I was kind of a late bloomer when it came comes to like indie games and so I'm now discovering some of the really great ones that came out in the last, you know, uh 10 15 years and so yeah, it's it's really great. And with all that out of the way, we'll be right back after this with our question of the week. Stay tuned. And we are back. So this is going to be a new segment we are doing every week. We kind of did it last week as well. And so it is going to be a mainstay of the podcast, which is our question of the week. Every day in our Discord, we do a question of the day. And we pick one of those questions to put into the podcast as well. So if you guys want to join our Discord, definitely go to GameRiverReview.com. And you'll see a link there for our Discord. And for the topic for this week, we're going to be using, do you use walkthroughs or go through games blind? Taz, I'm going to start with you. You know, 
this 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 hits right in the right in the pride button but yeah i only <laughs> sometimes only when i'm just that freaking desperate to know what i'm supposed to be doing <laughs> because i don't know like some some games just like i like because i like puzzles i like like handling that stuff but other times i'm just like okay what what am i supposed to do like even today i took up a sea of these uh tall tale quest and they gave me a book and i don't like reading so i just i'm like i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this book so i immediately like searched the 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 quest title of sea of thieves and uh i only try to re- read them briefly i like i don't i don't like to i just i just scan through what i need not to, to avoid major spoilers but otherwise i need help or i'll kind of because there are sometimes where if i'm trying to you know 100 percent a game or something and i'm just like hey i have no idea what i'm supposed to do because sometimes there's hidden trophies or hidden achievements or you know things like hidden quests to do that i have no idea where to start from uh then then i'll go about going through a walkthrough but i guess to answer the question yes or no yes i go i use i use walkthroughs but as well as yeah 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 i use walkthroughs only when i'm desperate what about you nuke so uh when i first started comic journey just playing video games yeah i was all in and getting like walkthrough like guides like they used to sell at GameStop back in the day. I'd buy the guy buy the game and buy the guide at the same time. Um so like I learned everything there practically is to know about at least Gen 1 and Gen 2 Pokemon, like following through the gold and silver guide. Um but then oh man, when when Knights of the Old Republic 2 came out, I bought the Prima guide for that. And that guide was built upon a game that was never, or it was the quote-unquote finished game for KOTOR uh, 2. And if anyone who's played Knights of the Old Republic 2 knows, like, the last quarter of the game's kind of missing, and the guide well, kind of was leading me towards, oh yeah, you can turn this character into a Jedi, or you can, like, there's this entire, like, droid factory to do this. And yeah, those weren't in the game and kind of to me, I lost all trust in guides from that point on. I'm like 12 years old and just losing faith in the world. So that's a great thing. (laughs) Um, So pretty much from there on, I've moved away from using guides and games and trying to go through a through mostly through blind um, until I can actually like finish the core story or kind of get through most part and tell them to the level of like collecting collectibles and then youtube's like my best friend for those guides but besides that i try and go in as blind as possible especially because spoilers can happen nowadays with things especially if you're looking anything up online for a guide and it's like oh boom there's the spoiler at the very end it's like oh yeah that's that's really one i wanted to see guys so yeah that's where i'm at now right and puppet you know, it really depends on the context for me, to be honest. Like, as I've gotten older, like most games, yeah, I don't I don't use walkthroughs. Um, if you watch my channel at all, you know that I die all the time because I'm like, oh, does this work? Oh, nope, that doesn't work. Uh, does this work? Oh, nope, that doesn't work. And I think, um, honestly, I wasn't like that always. Um, it actually took Cuphead to make me 
so comfortable with dying and um, facing a challenge without like asking for extra help. Now, that's not to say that I never use walkthroughs because um, there have been games where they're really puzzle heavy and I will do my best to try to get through a puzzle. Um, and I have like, if I spend more than like 15 minutes on a, on a puzzle and I can't even get the first part of it, no way, I'm not, nope. <laughs> I, I care way more about the story than I do the, my pride of like trying to figure it out on my own. And like, um, I'm thinking of Viviette, uh, which is a, a great little um, indie horror game that I recently finished on my channel. And that's a super puzzle heavy game. And uh, when I first started playing it, you know, I'm streaming and I would get stuck and I hate getting stuck and streaming at the same time because like when you're when you're stuck in a game, you get like frustrated and you're like, oh, but I'm streaming right now. Like I'm entertaining. So like, ah, uh, this is awkward. Like, how do I get through this? So there I mean, even on stream, I would just like say, you know what? Like I I'm throwing away my pride right now. Like I'm looking at this puzzle because I want to know more about the story and like I don't want to get stuck on this puzzle. And there was even times like, especially later in the game, because I knew it was so puzzle heavy and that the puzzles were so complex um, and not very intuitive, uh, at least for me, I, I would look it up a little bit and just scan the walkthrough and then I would just play. But I wouldn't I've never like sat down and like actually used a walkthrough, like have it right next to me and and do it line by line. Um, like when I when I was older, when I was younger. Back in the early 2000s, my sister and I loved Zelda and um, uh, we would find walkthroughs and we would print them out and make notebooks of walkthroughs. And she would read the walkthrough to me whenever we got stuck. And so I, I used to rely on them a lot. But now that I'm older, I, I don't know. I just uh, I feel like it takes away the immersion for me or something. I'm not really sure. So anyway, there you go. <laughs> um for me yes and no again it kind of depends on the game um i was playing control last year for the first time and there are certain segments where i just didn't know where to go and it was sitting banging my head against the wall for like an hour to the point i'm not getting a physical walkthrough but again going to you know ye old internet and typing in control what level am i on and then watching someone play that and being like oh is that where i'm supposed to be going Oh, well, I didn't know I could do that. And you kind of get that, like you said, like, I don't want to get spoiled by anything, but also it's really good to have that helping hand to get through that. Basically, like back in the day when you played Pokemon and you had, you know, those big walkthroughs where you can, you can get a Diglett in like the Diglett cave or whatever hints they would give you through all of that. And also, I have to somewhat apologize to the audience. I lied about playing a game this week because I did play a game that I <gasps> forgot. <laughs> like, and I like the game, but it was when you start talking about puzzle games, I was like, oh yeah, puzzle games. Oh, right. I played a game this week. I forgot that I played it, but I do like it. I want to sp specify that I really do like the game. And I think I spoke, spoke about this last week or so. Epic Games has a store where they give you a free game every month. The free game for this month is called the Spectrum Retreat. It's a mystery puzzle game where... Oh, I streamed that. Did you? I really enjoy it. Problem is, I don't know how the mechanics work because I don't think they told me. And so the first level, I'm just 
button mashing these cubes that open doors <laughs> to get me through a door. And I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, this is the part of me now with the pride of old man gamer. Who's like, I will not look anything up tempted. Cause when they started introducing like different colors, I'm like, I don't know what this color does. Like I'm, I am, <laughs> I am falling for success getting past the first level. And <laughs> when you get to the second level, I am trying my best to fall for success and it's not working, but I enjoy that accomplishment feeling of I figured this out versus, Oh, I had to look up some, look up something, which can sometimes, at least for me, give, take that away that I didn't, I wasn't able to figure this out on my own. I had to quote unquote, get help. But I think both sides are actually really, really doable. Like again, just for me, for certain parts, I want to have that accomplishment. Like, no, I figured this out on my own. You know, I'm a gamer. I did it <laughs> without having to consult, you know, a walkthrough or a guidebook. But again, I think they're both really helpful and just matters on what you're playing. Right. I don't think, you know, now that you've all like answered this, I, I feel like I've asked this a lot of people and I it's very rare to find somebody who hasn't used a walkthrough at all. I feel like I feel like if you're a gamer, you know that, you know, there's always been a time in your in your gaming life that you've had to use a walkthrough or look something up. I I can't imagine somebody not needing that. Like I just don't think that it's real. So um listeners, if you don't use a walkthrough, please um contact us and tell us because I want to know you because I don't think you exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> I'd like to know if anyone if you guys are familiar, there's a YouTube channel called The Completionist where he like 100% like every freaking game I swear on the planet. And I'd be interested to see what walkthroughs he uses or if like is he the guy that writes all of the guides for everybody else? He uses no because walkthroughs. He just uses his beard. His beard gets him through. That makes sense. The beard should, that magnificent of a beard should give you some form of power. Oh, man. And if any of you all out there want to answer questions like this for yourself, you can actually sign up for our Discord, as mentioned previously, at GameRavenView.com. There's a link there for our Discord. And we'll be right back with our main segment of the podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Game Raven Review Podcast. Again, this is our main topic for this week, and we're going to be talking about gaming with your family. Um, me, myself, I don't have kids at this moment, but we do have someone on the podcast that is an expert on having children and playing games with said children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am the only dad in the podcast, right? So yeah, um, I would I would not say I'm an expert at having children, but I'm doing the best I can. All right, so let's start off with the first question that we have is, what games do you like to play with your kids? Oh man, um, so there's a pretty big list of games, just because we try and keep it kind of family friendly, at least at home. Um, 
but I mean, my kids are kind of young. Um, my daughter's like four and starting kindergarten, but she's definitely been like getting into games more often. Um, in particular, she absolutely adores Animal Crossing. She actually made up her own character recently and kind of goofs off on the world that my wife created. Um, I have a character on that island, but I pretty much don't play it. But she's able to cop into the co-op of the new option on Animal Crossing with my wife. And they're able to, you know, dig up fossils and have fun um, without my daughter, like messing up the entire layout of her island. But it's kind of cool to see her be so proud of her accomplishments in the game. It's like, hey, look, I got all these flowers or, hey, my house is no longer a tent, that kind of thing. And it's really cool to see that. Um, I play Pokemon with her quite a bit just so she's kind of getting an idea when she's like, oh, sweet, it's the Pikachu game. And she loves the animals. But I'm also like teaching her sort of how to read with it as well, Um, because I'll read off as the characters are going the words come up on screen, reading them out to her. And I ask her, like, hey, what does this word spell? Or how do you spell this? That kind of thing. And I think that should help her with reading because that definitely helped me learn how to speed read when I was like 10 years old and Pokemon was the thing. I would set the thing to fast and just just because I can get through the boring dialogue of a Pokemon game and get onto the battles. But I think it helped me learn how to read faster. So hopefully that kind of helps her in learning and playing with it. Um, and then obviously there's the Lego series of games, which are fantastic because it's a puzzle game. It's whatever the kids are in, the kid is into, um, story-wise, uh, we just played through Harry Potter as a family and she was really interested in that. Um, but she really wants to watch the Harry Potter movies. Now we're like, let's wait just a little bit till you're not having nightmares about trolls. Um, and then obviously, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we're like, we're going to, we're not going to, we're not going to watch those just yet um and there's the new lego star wars skywalker saga that's coming out and uh, she's really pumped for that because she likes watching star wars so that's one thing that she's not scared of thankfully darth maul didn't scare her like immediately so yeah those are the games that i play wow you're raising your kids right it sounds like it really does again trying <laughs> i'll let you know in uh you know 15 years how that turns out <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say um, on the Pokemon thing, um, it's so interesting that you're teaching her to read with Pokemon because uh, my brother, um, uh, Sam Hip Official, who you've seen on here sometimes, um, he learned to speak Japanese through Pokemon. So, and I know other people have used Pokemon um, for other like language stuff. So that's so cool that you're using it for your, your daughter to learn how to read. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Just with that and i mean heck it will eventually get into math because i was one of those nerds that did the ev training sorry anyone that does that i totally just called you a nerd um <laughs> but yeah that that got into some very complex like math learning things so i'm going to try and adapt that into it as we go along because who knows what they're going to do with this pokemon game series it just keeps getting crazier and crazier i know oh it makes me so happy and the official old head here in the pod cast i remember as me as a child playing something called i think math blaster i believe oh shoot i'm totally with you there and again like as a kid it was fun because again it's it was the special time on the computer quote unquote the teachers taught us tricked us roughly and it was i'm playing a video game but also like you said still learning like i'm still learning to do math 
and still get that you know accomplishment of like yeah look i made it to level 15 haha mark you can make it to level 15 i'm better than you at this game that's teaching me math so again i think that that is awesome to integrate again learning to read even whether it be english or a different language or just in general with kids because that's a way to keep their them entertained as well versus just you know here's a cute card or here's a here's two plus two is whatever and for a lot of kids that's not a good way for them to learn sometimes yeah they need to be active they need to be something that drives them to be engaged definitely helps next question here what are some of the games your kids enjoy and how do you feel about them oh boy um well we've kind of limited the content to like well, the ones that we've already kind of brought up the pokemon animal crossing the lego series um and mario games as well but she doesn't really play those without us in the room um so there are some games that she has she has a little like fire tablet and it has it's a kid's one so it comes preloaded with a bunch of learning games and cetera et cetera kind of like how you had mentioned math blasters it a lot of those games feel like those old school like late 90s early 2000s learning games that are in it um but they're with newer kind of styles there's one in particular it's blippy i don't know if you guys have heard about that it is personally my bane of existence for like (laughs) kids tv shows um it's this guy that has the most annoying he's created the one of the most annoying characters ever sorry blippy if you're hearing this that's just how i feel man um sure you're a great guy outside of your character but the character itself is annoying and the game repeats things over and over and over and over again and it's like okay i already heard it like streaming it enough like watching the show i don't need to hear the game going um but i mean at the same time these are learning activities my daughter's learning how to spell she's learning like critical thinking um and just learning how video games work and how well things interact with one another so it's cool keeps her mind sharp keeps her entertained especially like if we're in like the car or if we're on a plane ride definitely helps for sure um so yeah those are i'm kind of it depends on the content that's really what it comes down to um but yeah right now like the games that i talked about previously i have no problem with her playing those i enjoy them too so no problem there Oh my gosh, that makes me laugh because um, (laughs) when I was younger, I mentioned last time that uh, I grew up with Pokemon on the Game Boy in the car because um, I was a little kid with ADHD and the only way to get me to be quiet was um, to hand me a Game Boy and uh, we weren't allowed to turn on the sound (laughs) because my parents couldn't couldn't handle it. So I just nuke. I put something into our message here. Is this blipping? This man with his orange hat. Oh, hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. Yes. Yes. That is Blippi. The man in the orange hat and the blue. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking up his net worth. Holy moly. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't looked that up. That's going to scare me. I'm going to be like, oh, I got into the wrong profession, man. <laughs> so by looks alone, this slightly annoys me. Like I can I can already see the noises this man probably makes. And it's yeah. just like, and again, I get it. It's for kids. I famously remember my cousin when he had his first child, got most of the toys. And again, I don't know if you should or shouldn't do this. Slightly put them in water, so it would still make the lights, 
but the noises were very muffled because again the speaker may or may not had water damage because of water so <laughs> i just i can see again as as a parent having fire tablets or ipads or whatever and having blippy or anything else on that is you know is to engage the child with again said blippy noises yeah would it, kind of get to you cool. as a parent if you heard that hours at a time a day yeah and i totally get like why my hair parents hated barney as a kid or when i was a kid because we're yeah annoying noises you can only hear i love you you love me that kind of thing you know so many times before it drives you mad and in for my generation's sake yeah that blippy might be in that same category um a uh, hot take here not gonna lie he's kind of hot actually <laughs> that's my first impression of this guy he does not look annoying to me he like looks like oh my god you like work with kids and you're like cute oh my god anyway that's just me i can i can see that i was also just for like 10 seconds looking at it listening to his number one song on spotify this is totally not a blippy podcast this is just we're just getting into it and, and <laughs> next, it's like 10, next week Blippy's next week 10. we'll talk more about blippy uh we'll get we'll get blippy on the podcast um listen to his number like most popular song on spotify uh it's definitely made for children i wouldn't say it slaps i wouldn't say it's a banger uh needs more needs more bass but it's I, if you have it the time ravens it, 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 yeah yeah that's what i was doing oh oh we should listen to it you're recommending this song is that what you're saying that was like I'm, I, I am I am putting it out there that it, it is out there, but I'm not trying to endorse this this person. <laughs> OK, yeah, I see. That's Taz's way of saying he likes the song. <laughs> so you're, you're saying you're saying it's close, right? It's close. It's close. <laughs> 10 million, 10, 10 million listens. And holy moly, it deserves it. Really? Wow. Oh, my gosh. So is this is he like the the new um, uh, Blues Clues? To me, Blue's Clues is so much more tolerable. My kids are watching that right now, like because it's it, like every single episode's available for streaming now. So my son is like, no, I gotta watch Blue's Clues kind of thing at all times. And I'm like, okay, that's I mean, Steve's got some bangers. Like it's all right. I'm fine with that. He's got a he's got a definitely less um high pitched voice than Blippy does. So that oh. might be why. I, I would recommend if you are planning. I would recommend to anyone that listens to this, if you are planning on having kids, watch these kind of shows and become numb to the content that <laughs> that they're putting out because it will become your, it will become everything in your world. Um, I think the Aww. best thing, I, I mean, there's a quote from Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec, if you guys have ever watched that, where he finally has a couple of daughters and he's just like, there's like, they, just watch this one show, Doc McStuffins. There is only Doc McStuffins. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. And it's so, it is so true. <laughs> he also has merch. Like, I, again, I'm sorry. I'm doing a deep dive into Blippy. Yes, he has sunglasses <laughs> for the children. You know what? I'll, t I'll take what I said back. I like his style. I like the orange and blue, the bow ties, the suspenders. I can see I why know. people find him attractive. I see that. The hat might kind of need to go a little, but it also, without the hat, he would just be a regular guy with suspenders. With the hat, he's blippy. He is blippy. Right. He, like, looks stylish, and, like, he just looks so put together, and he, he just, like, yeah. 
So anyway, I sorry, I had to say that as the only female here. Like, um, he's a good looking guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to follow him on Twitter. <laughs> After the blippy podcast we just had. <laughs> so how do you feel games improve your child's life? Well, for me, um, I think it really helps with critical thinking, making decisions going forward. Um, like, all right. I mean, first and foremost, we even go back to Pokemon. It's like, all right, which one do I choose? Do I choose Charmander, who looks really cool? Do I choose Bulbasaur? Ah, it's kind of a plant. I don't know if that's going to be as useful. I'm going to pick, like, Squirtle. Like, that alone, first critical thinking test alone, just right there, and you're going to be able to tell a lot about your kid's personality, for one. But then they get to learn, like, maybe they get to learn the tough lessons, because when you pick Charmander, you're going to get your butt kicked by a Blastoise eventually. That's how it goes. Um... I think reaction speeds also help quite a bit um, or that developing reaction speeds by playing video games, especially as they grow up getting into I mean, and FPS or quick puzzles like rock band or those kind of games can definitely help with that. Um, obviously reading, we've already kind of brought up understanding context when you're reading um, and how like, as you're reading things, it matters in the world. Um, and then there's an entire different thing. Um, I want to bring up about games for kids. My generation, we didn't have these characters that were, you know, so close to being real life. We had movies and we had kind of books and TV series that we could look at for um, characters that we wanted to be like. Video games now for kids that are, you know, growing up and are younger are seeing different characters that they can kind of idolize, and but they can interact with them so much more. Like, I can watch a movie and be like, oh, I, I identify with Luke Skywalker. Like, I want to be like him when I grow up. But having being able to control that character is, to me, just mind blowing and seeing how kids are going to be able to identify with these characters more so than we ever did growing up. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought that, too. It's interesting that you said um, you get to know about your daughter a little bit more based on her decisions in games. And it made me think like RPGs, yeah, there's nothing like that when we were younger. And so I wonder how that helps maybe um, the development of just figuring out who you are as a person and the de development of self and independence and like your identity. It'll be really interesting to see how this generation that's kind of growing up more so with games like this, how much more maybe comfortable i'm i'm just this is a hypothesis here a lot more comfortable like expressing themselves than we did because you're right like we just had movies or books and it was just one character that you couldn't really change at all and so you had to be you, when you're thinking of that character you feel like you want to be like that character rather than i'm playing an rpg like animal crossing for example and i can like make make the little character look more like myself and i can imagine myself in this world and um yeah, that's uh, really interesting. And also, it also makes me think of how, like, I think back when I was growing up, um, most characters were male, and it was um, displayed that way, like, and it was hard for me to, to, like, identify with the character or, like, really feel immersed in um, whether it was, like, movies or books or video games. And so now that your daughter's growing up, like there are more like female characters or characters that she can change um, based on how she expresses herself, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it can be it's a spectrum of things that she can choose from and giving 
kids that like choice or that like ability to choose is so important um in the little bit that i've learned about child psychology it's so important for autonomy as you're growing up to kind of help develop and and sculpt like your identity and how you present yourself to the world like oh that's so cool yeah it is a huge thing um kind of going into like you mentioned with animal crossing setting up like the character everything like that we basically because my wife has figured out how to make a crap load of friggin' bells at any point in time and we just give like my daughter basically gets an animal crossing allowance in a way we just bury a bunch of bells for her to dig up and then she can spend whatever she wants um and seeing how the little items that she wants to buy for her home how she dresses up her character um and just letting her kind of be free about the way that she expresses herself in that manner is really cool to see um just because right now she can't buy her own clothes i mean if she did i'd have i went out house she'd be spending all my money kind of thing um but but seeing in that in virtual currency and kind of creating that avatar for herself i thought was really cool um we did the same thing in pokemon the new sword and shield you have a lot more capability of personalizing your avatar in that world um so when my wife started playing pokemon which was her first pokemon game um she created a character the character was my daughter basically is what we did and so my like while my wife's playing through the game it's you know my daughter as is the avatar and we pick like her look and everything is what my daughter picked out the pokemon my wife catches are the ones that my daughter identified with Mm -hmm. and it was a really cool experience to see her kind of her personality come through like that awesome and just thinking about all the things you guys talked about and also that first pokemon game of picking a charizard which is funny because those first two gems you're gonna have a hard time kid those first two oh, yeah, gems exactly. it's like critical thinking is gonna be like, i need to restart this game and choose a different one but honestly that's i think this is what really again we talked about earlier of just being able to have a child and sit them down and one of the things i like to do with kids is just Sit them down and ask them a simple question of tell me a story. Because I want to see how that child thinks. I want to see what kind of story they're going to tell me. Is it going to be something stereotypical? Is it going to be something off the wall? You know, as Puppet also mentioned, like going to the 90s and watching a lot of those old TV shows or movies or even looking at games, there are not a lot of female leads. You know, you, you're not, especially not for kids. There might be a girl in a group of people, sure, but usually the girl is stereotypically girly. She's usually wearing the traditional pink color. Again, I'm looking mostly at Power Rangers right now in my head. Where, <laughs> yeah. again, oh my God, Kimberly got kidnapped again. You know, mm-hmm. kind of situations where now you look at it, it's like, no, even for children, you have these characters now that are going to be headstrong. They're going to be doing their own thing. I was watching this one show where... It was like setting the Yodin times, you know, where like we're going to give her hand away in marriage. And she was like, no, I don't want that. Like, why would I want some random man I don't know? And to think about it, it's like, yeah, she probably wouldn't want that. And it's good to kind of have those things come out for anyone who identifies as whatever they want to identify as and being like, this is the gateway for any child to say, no, this is what I want to be. And being able to see that on screen like you're doing with your kid of seeing your avatar as a Pokemon trainer being the Pokemon champion is awesome to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. 
Yeah, it's interesting um, you say that, too, because um, I think about how when I grew up, like, I was fortunate. Like, I had parents who were like, you're smart. You can do – you're strong. You can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. And yet I, you know, would watch uh, movies and, and read books and stuff, and it's like the female characters would always choose the same thing. So in reality, yeah, my parents are telling me I can be whatever I want, but I'm being shown that I I can't really – you know, and so I'm I'm super excited, Eric, for your for your daughters that they literally it, it's shown to them that they can they can be whoever they want to be in these games. And and they have examples of that so much more than I had. Um, yeah. So exciting. Really cool. And moving on to the next question we have. How do you decide what games are appropriate or not? Oh, man. Um. For, well, for right now, all the games that I've kind of listed out already, they're all E for everyone. Um, as my kids get older, you know, I'm still kind of trying to figure out that out in my head. Um, I was raised in a very conservative household, um, so I would sneak away to my buddy's house to go play like Halo, like at 11, because it was 2001. Um, and that to me, I'm like, ah, Halo's not that bad kind of thing. Granted, would I want my kids playing Halo right now? No way. But I mean, in, you know, 10 years or, you know, six years or so, like if my daughter wants to sit down and play through co-op on Halo for it, sure, I can do that. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard because there are games nowadays that are they kind of veer towards a level that I'm like, "Ah, I don't want to expose my kids to that right now. I was playing through. um Dragon Ball Z Kakarot a little like a few weeks ago and they swore a few times in the game and I mean okay it's anime I get that it's it's cartoon so I didn't think it would be as bad but when they swear I'm like ah crud kids copycat everything and I try not to swear around my kids unless I stub my toe really 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 hard so having them exposed to that and it was like oh they swore in a cartoon that means it might be okay I'm like ah maybe not so I like I nowadays when I'm playing a game, I like have my like hand like super quick to the mute button if I like I'm because like I play games with subtitles on, so I know when it's coming. I can mute it just in case. But yeah, it, sometimes it just comes out of nowhere, and I'm it, it's it's tough kind of like seeing which ones are good for kids and which ones aren't. So I'm kind of defaulting to the basics. I know that this is wholesome. Pokemon, Animal Crossing, and Mario don't got to worry about things like that. Yeah, and your daughter's learning how to read now, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Sound, sounding out words. Right, yeah. sounding out words. Oh no. <laughs> There's a YouTuber that I've been following for years. His name is Maximilian Dude. He's a big fighting game YouTuber, and him and his wife just had a daughter last year, and so it's kind of fun to see him like have his like months-old daughter like in his arms while he's playing again a fighting game. And then you see her, like, because he has, like, a fighting stick, and he's, like, she's, like, pressing the buttons and moving the joystick. She even did, like, a fireball once, which I was, like, I feel some kind of way about because I struggle really hard with fighting games, and this infant is just doing it with ease. But, but it also is that question of when do you start your child? And, again, it's, like, it's not a big fighting game. You know, it, it is violent, but do you want your child to play that? And he's talked about that. He's talked about, like, I don't know when I'm going to get her a fighting stick, but it probably won't be, you know, until she's somewhat in the double digits. 
And I think that's important. You know, like this is dad's work, but at the same time, you're not old enough yet for this. I think the rating system that was in the 80s and 90s because of uh, Mortal Kombat is important to have the E for everything, the T, the matured, and to have that difference from our parents who maybe weren't as savvy with video games where you might be able to, you know, slip something past them. Oh, you know, that T stands for like terrific, not teen, you know, (laughs) or it's M is for something else. And your parents not having the internet, not being able to look up. Okay, what is this game? What is Bayonetta? You know, what is whatever, you know, a fighting game where maybe your child is to you still too little, too young to play that. Well, now as a parent, you kind of have that research. You can do that. Your kid is asking for um i don't know like the latest you know dragon ball kakura like you said you can look at it and say okay it says mild language it says fighting blood gore you know whatever it might be on that game and now you can actually say okay well not yet i don't think my child you know at six at 10 at 13 or whatever is old enough for this yet just same thing with movies you know if it's pg-13 it kind of fits because it kind of says pg-13 if you're 10 i don't think you're really really ready for that kind of movies just yet as a parent yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like, I don't know. My mom was pretty strict about that stuff. But like other times, you know, depending on the themes, right? Like you, you talk about like, you know, if there's blood and gore, maybe not so much for a seven year old as much as I wanted to see it. But like for, you know, mild language and whatever, she, she didn't really mind that for me personally. Um, but so you guys remember Blockbuster? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Yes. What's that? Yeah. Uh, oh, so Blockbuster <laughs> is this? Oh, okay. Um, do you guys also remember the backyard games, like backyard baseball? Yes. Oh, with Pablo and like backyard yeah. basketball and stuff. So I was like super into those games. Those games are great. And so we went to we we go to uh, Blockbuster one night. You know, she totally took always took me once a week. And you know how they always had like the cover like packaging. Like case and then like the blockbuster case they're, they're like well you can identify if the if the if they had like the, the game or whatever if it, or if it was not in stock mm-hmm. so they only they didn't have the packaging like case or like the viewing case they only had the blockbuster case for a game called backyard wrestling and i was like oh this must be the latest installment of the backyard games mom can we snag this and she knew about it she's like oh yeah sure that sounds fun i'm like right, cool i go home i throw it in my uh my playstation 2 and i want you it, y'all y'all like computers and you know those of you who are on your podcast if you google backyard wrestling game it isn't it even you know, do give that yeah. quick google search when i put through that in mother of god when i threw that game in i started playing and i like burned some dude over a barbecue grill and like grabbed a chainsaw to start cutting up this dude as like a toddler. I was just, so this game came out in 2003. I was at least eight. And so I'm like, uh, I didn't mind it, but I'm like, yo, if my mom walked in playing, like watching me play this, so I should probably play, play the honest guy. Be like, Hey, uh, this was not the game that I had in mind. Can we go back? So, uh, yeah, that was, that was not at all the the young cartoon kids playing, doing some wrestling. It was it was adult. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So, no. so rating rating look, looking at ratings is important, kids. 
Wow. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Wow. And um, so, (laughs) like, we don't have kids yet, but, like, we hope to have kids at some point. And, like, we've talked, I mean... We we talk about a lot of things. We overanalyze everything. It's just like how we are. Um, and like we've talked about this. Um, and I think what it really comes down to, and again, I'm not a parent yet, but this is you know what my friends have done, and this is what um, you know some mentors of mine who are really great parents have done. It's just about knowing your kid, you know, and it's about it's just about like knowing the game and knowing your kid and just understanding them because like. Honestly, like some kids, they are, they mature faster than others or they, they value different things or, you know, they're just different. Um, and, and so it, it just comes down to knowing them. And this is kind of circling back again to how Eric, you said that video games are helping you know your daughter better. And that's really awesome that you really try to do that because I know that like, in my experience, my parents never really tried to get to know me in that way you know? And so it was just like, oh, well, this says that, you know, you're not old enough, you're not old enough, or like, this says you are old enough. And so I'm fine with it, whatever. Um, And it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they're little people. And each person is different in what they can handle and what gives them nightmares and what doesn't. And like, I mean, for example, when I was younger, um, I used to watch VeggieTales, okay? Um, it was like one of the only things I was allowed to watch. And I watched The Rumor Weed, which is uh, basically a story about this weed that grows up. And she like is a huge gossip and she like takes over the town and like o- all over the sewers like and Larry Boy has to come like fight her. Well, that like that scarred me because I was scared of weeds before then. And then I watched this this, you know, episode and then I really had a phobia of weeds. And my parents, had they known me, they would know that it was traumatizing for me. And you look at that and you're like, okay, well, it's it's like Larry Boy. Like, how can that be bad for a kid? But for me in particular, because of who I was, like, it was bad for me. And so, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I think it's just like, what is a trigger for your kid? And what can your kid handle? And, like, do they understand that this swear word is in this game? And it's okay that it's them saying it but I don't say it at school or I don't say it because I know it's not okay for me to say it and if they don't understand that then no like you know video games with swear words aren't good for them but if they do understand that divide and um you know you're comfortable with them with the rest of the game maybe that wouldn't hold you back I think it just really depends so that's kind of how we I don't know we're hoping to parent, but again, I'm, I'm not a parent. Um, I have lots of little ones around me who are my friend's kids and they are sponges and they are unpredictable. So it really, it probably just depends. Cause every child is going to be different. Every child, like you said, is going to experience things in a different way than another child. So even if you're in the same household, like for me and my sister, for example, who is older, like the things that she would watch or play or do anything was always kind of co because my parents are like, well, if you're playing it, he needs to play it too because younger sibling and all. And so when it came to like video games, like playing Mario brothers, well, that's a kind of a two person game. So again, yeah, sure. You play. And then, you know, when you die, the next person plays. And so it was always put together where 
again, if I was a single child and didn't have another sibling, I don't, I guess I wouldn't have to have that kind of issue of having to wonder again, you know, what is my child playing? Is that appropriate? And actually, I wanted to ask Nuke this question because you mentioned like things with curse words on the feeling of fake curse words in a game. Like it's futuristic, so they make up a word that you know is something that we would use as a curse word, but it is not a word that in our lexicon is a curse word. Would you still find that, even if it is like E for everyone's a kind of game, still inappropriate? Yeah, in my mind, at least where my daughter is now, um, knowing her, I wouldn't want her to say that kind of thing because she says it wrong it's going to sound like the curse word even more so. So it's like, how about we just, yeah, we just leave it at that. Like there are certain letters that she still can't pronounce properly. So she'll say, she'll try and say a completely fine word and it'll sound like another one. It's like, Oh, Hey, can, can we work on that? Pronouncing that consonant just a little bit better. Um, (laughs) So in that, in that same context, I would try and stay away from that. Granted, I, I can't think of any games off the top of my head that are doing that. I'm not playing a Battlestar Galactica game or anything like that in front of her. Um, so there's no no fracking going on at all. Um, <laughs> so in that regard, yeah, I'd probably keep her away from those kind of things, at least for right now, until she can understand as she's learning to read and everything. And if she's ever exposed to the words that those could be, she might ask. Like what? It's like, what does that mean? And I'm just like, well, you see, they're trying to say something else, and they're trying to get around the ratings board. So she might get that when she's like mm. ten. She might kind of sort of understand that. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna try and keep her away from anything like that, just just to be on the safe side. Or if she asks questions about it, no, answer her truthfully. Kid, kids, you gotta answer kids truthfully when they ask those kind of questions. Because if you don't, you kind of just shove it off to the side it might come up later and it might be in a worse sort of context so it's better to address things head on in my mind and then they'll ask another kid at school and the kid will tell them something that's just wrong oh yeah exactly that's that's i was homeschooled so i didn't have that kind of context kind of growing up but you are totally right that's how that of course that would be how that would work and to our last question we have here what is your favorite part of being a parent who games? Oh, man. Um, we touched on this in the previous questions a bit, but seeing the character come out, um, seeing your kid's character develop just as much as seeing the development of a character in a video game, just like them developing alongside it, is one of the coolest things of that. Um, makes me think back to how like my dad uh, raised me and my brother. Um, he appealed to us through science fiction. Um, I watched Star Trek The Next Generation at way too young of an age. Um, but that like bridged me into Star Wars, into eventually like in the fantasy genre of like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And that was going to the movies. Um, but there was always that there wasn't that level of interaction. It was like, no, we sit in a movie theater and we watch like Return of the King. That well, that's great, and that's definitely a bonding sort of moment that happened with me and my dad we were just sitting there watching a movie now when we're like playing through um we started playing dragon quest actually and my daughter is like 
there with me we're interacting she's telling me where to go she's like she's like hey battle that slime monster that kind of thing um there's a little bit more interaction that goes there and i think that will end up hopefully like bringing us even become making us more tight-knit than even it was with me and my dad just sitting and watching star wars um so that's something i'm really looking forward to as well as um just seeing like my kids potential and seeing how cool like the different games are and seeing them see things that I could have only dreamed of in my imagination come to reality on the screen for them is got to be that's got to be something that they will probably take for granted growing up it's like oh it's just the way it's always been but I guess just seeing worlds for them that again I could only dream of is pretty fantastic I've watched a playthrough of the new Ratchet and Clank for the PS5 and just seeing those worlds build of like, look at these background characters that have so much detail. That wasn't a thing 10 years ago. So even going back to me, like looking at like the Super Nintendo that I had as a kid, like I've, I can honestly say I've never played video games with my parents. Um, just not a thing they were into, you know? So to sit my my father down now to be like, hey, play this game with me would just be different. Like, I doubt he would do it. I doubt that he would have the most patience to be like, so what button do I need to press kind of thing to eventually just, when he would just, just get up and leave. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, we had this experience, I guess. And then just walk away from it. Well, for me, again, not having children, like you said, like I would want to be able to show them those worlds, you know, to show them, hey, look at this pixel art that is still really cool versus, again, something that is now on ray tracing on the PlayStation 5 that shows you just how far we've come to be able to build anything. Like, again, with Minecraft, even, you can build anything you want. Like, there's so much complexity that, that are in a game that you can look at it on the surface level and say it's simple. But to be able to give that as a child, to, you know, as a parent to give to a child to say, hey, you know, this is a world that you can literally build a house. You can play with your friends. You can fight those little pig ghoul things or whatever. Again, I don't mind craft kids. Just using that as an example. Like, you, you are able to kind of give your child, we spoke about earlier, just be able to be themselves do whatever you really want to do and as a parent or even like just an adult figure watching that as a watching a child do that it's amazing to see what kids can just come up with you know as adults a lot of times i think we might not have the patience sometimes to sit down and say i'm going to make this giant castle but you know you're like an eight-year-old during the summer sure that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sit down and make whatever you know castle i'm gonna do in minecraft or i'm gonna go into animal crossing and build this entire town or do whatever and be able to see how great your child's mind really is yeah it's it's pretty mind-blowing to me that that's that's the world they're gonna grow up in and it's and if that's the case like we grew up in the in a world where it was we were ruled by imagination everything that we did we kind of imagined it we were building something with legos we had these grandiose ideas and we, our generation has basically turned that into what we know as video games nowadays. Now with like our generation's kids, what are they going to be able to do now that they have these tools available to them? Like what's going to be like the next version of video games? 
it's going to be crazy to see what's going to be possible. It's going to be AI, and that's when I'm just going to tap out and be like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's going to be the Matrix, man. We're all just going to plug in. We're good to go. Like you can, I'm not going to play with this VTuber girl <laughs> and this thing that I'm pretty sure is pretty sure is spying on me on the inside. Like, I just, no. <laughs> but again, that's, the, that's what's wild about any of this, to look at the last 20 years of just video gaming, how far we've come, how VR is becoming a thing. Where again, VR is actually getting good. If you are old enough to remember the Virtual Boy, that was horrible. And literally is Nintendo's like worst mistake as far as consoles are concerned to now look at VR and say like, yo, this is awesome. Like super hot in VR is an amazing game. And just being able to do VR chat, do all these things that eventually, again, maybe just holographic. Like we might have AR games. You might be able... I had to do anything because again, the only limit is your imagination and then being able to somehow make that with the technology that we have and technology is always moving forward. So honestly, the sky is not even the limit. It's just the ceiling. And then you can continue to keep going continue to go higher until those AI <laughs> would just come in my house and just play the game for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay with this. Let's have to wait and see, right? And with that, thank you so much for tuning in to the Game Rave Review Podcast. I've been Sam, and you can find me on Twitter, Facebook. Again, if people still use that, on Instagram under Sam said it DFW. And also with Game Raven, you can find us on Twitter and Twitch as Game Raven Review and GameRaven And also join our Discord. That link is on GameRavenReview.com. Taz, where can they find you? Uh, yes, you can find me at TazTDevil3 on all social media. I do stream on Twitch every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, each being their own different day. Um, and then on Wednesdays, I do stream on the Game Raven Twitch channel, streaming uh, indie games. Puppet? I am Puppet Master N. That's Puppet Master E N. And you can find me on all the socials. And I am also on Twitch. I stream on Fridays on the Game Raven Review Twitch channel. And then uh, on my own channel, uh, Saturdays and Sundays. And I might have a couple uh, pop up streams here and there. Um, I'll see you there. And Nuke. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, handle is at Nuclear Arachnid. Yeah, it's a, it's a radioactive spider. Uh, pun on that um yeah that's where you can find me find me got the same as my gamer tag on xbox live and thank you all again for listening to the game review podcast until next time have a fantastic week